Greetings, you're listening to the ABF Journal podcast. I'm Phil Neifer, Managing Editor of ABF Journal. In this week's episode, we looked at a unique perspective to the asset-based lending and private credit marketplace in a conversation with Sloan Sutta from Crayhill Capital Management. During our conversation, Sloan discussed Crayhill's niche definition of ABL and approach to the market, the increasingly larger role of credit funds in the sector, and what to expect from the private credit industry during the rest of 2022. Let's get to the call. Hi, Sloan. How are you doing today? Hey, Phil. Uh, thanks for having me. Doing well. Yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, so to start with, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and, and Crayhill? Sure. I'll start with Crayhill. So Crayhill is a minority-owned private fund manager, which invests institutional limited partner capital into asset-based investment opportunities. So specifically, we employ a structured finance approach and tend to traffic in areas with a bit more complexity than traditional asset-based investors. Uh, I am a managing director on the investment team at Gray Hill and specifically responsible for sourcing and underwriting investments across a variety of industries, as well as, well as helping shape uh, strategic direction of our investment activity. And currently I spend most of my time in real estate, both commercial and resi and consumer finance, while some others at Gray Hill are spending their time focused on renewable energy investments and other emerging sectors. Yeah, so with the perspective that you all have, I know in the speaking to, about, about um, Crayhill before this episode, you mentioned that the company has a pretty niche definition of ABL. Well, how would you, in your own words, describe that definition and how does it differ from other perspectives on this industry? Sure. So I think in order to draw an effective comparison, maybe let's first define what the market generally considers as ABL. So ABL or asset-based lending is a product whereby a lender makes a loan to a company which has assets on its balance sheet. And frequently those assets are accounts receivable, inventory, maybe some real estate, and the lender has a blanket lien on all of those assets of the company, but importantly is a general creditor to the operating business. In contrast, Crayhill focuses on what we call asset-based private credit. And as Crayhill defines it, we're not a general creditor to the operating business. In fact, asset-based private credit involves selecting specific assets of a company and moving those assets into a special purpose vehicle subsidiary or SPV. This SPV then becomes the owner of the assets which Crayhill finances. So as a result, our primary counterparty or borrower is the SPV whose only operations entail owning the asset pool. And because those assets are in an SPV, there is a bright line between the credit risk of the operating business and the assets. Our investors appreciate this approach because it largely isolates the risk to the assets directly eliminating considerations such as valuation multiples or various other operating metrics. From a company's perspective, this approach is attractive since their operating and parent company or their primary business is not the direct counterparty for the loan, which reduces their risk. So again, to summarize, the key difference between Crayhill's approach and the broader ABL definition is that we are not lending to an operating company with assets, but rather we are financing the assets directly with the operating company originating and servicing the assets on behalf of our borrower. Very interesting. And then using that definition, which you just laid out, what does the ABL market look like from Crayhill's perspective right now? Sure. Uh, We continue to see growing demand for the type of financing we provide, um, really is evidenced by by our deal pipeline. Um, And within that growing market, our ability to continue to win market share really resides in um, the reputation we are fortunate to have developed in delivering solutions to various borrowers across industries and the decades of experience each of the senior team members have here. So furthermore, we, the efficiencies we've developed on both the sourcing 
uh, and execution side are starting to bear fruit as well. Everyone likes to talk about the flywheel effect, but when you pair a purpose-built, experienced team, the focused approach, we see our firm and the market continuing to grow. And so I'll give a couple of examples. So on the firm side, uh, we sourced an investment with a single family rental ownership platform through a close relationship in our network. And they connected us to help solve a highly customized equity release solution for them. So our mutual contact knew the level of creativity and flexibility this type of financing would require and specifically connected Crayhill to them. So taking a step back, um, what do I mean by equity release? So we offered a solution to table fund assets, the homes, which are not otherwise easily financeable. Without our structure, the company would have had to hold 100% equity against the assets until they could obtain back leverage for them. So our solution allowed them to more efficiently use their expensive equity capital to redeploy elsewhere to continue to grow their business. And not only did we execute at the time, we've since upsized, extended, and expanded the breadth of that facility, thereby becoming an integral part of the capital plan for this SFR operator. So that's from the firm side. From the market side, uh, we see the following factors supporting continued market growth. You know, expansion of various fintech platforms, um, novel operating businesses, um, management teams, uh, continued desire to reduce equity dilution, Crayhill's collective asset expertise, and one in which we always help uh, management teams grow their businesses, uh, and, and all the while continuing to box risk for all the constituents involved. And so as an example uh, of a scenario where we employed all of those, uh, we recently closed an investment in a consumer finance company in Canada, which is really getting going on their originations. Uh, they spent many years developing their technology and credit model and are now deploying it in large scale. And given the size of the company's portfolio, they may have had to raise additional equity to finance their growth. But our asset-based approach allowed them to keep their, more of their equity while adding our purpose-built capital to rapidly grow their business. Right. And so I know from your perspective, you are the leader of the firm's real estate sector. Um, what can you tell me about your real estate debt strategy and how it might differ from others in the marketplace? Sure. So we actually call our real estate strategy structured real estate. And we do so uh, because we employ the same creative structuring approach and solution provision to our real estate counterparties as we do with other asset classes. Uh, specifically, we, we finance portfolios of real estate and real estate loans as opposed to making one-off investments. So, for example, rather than finance uh, you know, an office building here in New York or in or Los Angeles, uh, we design comprehensive financing facilities for our borrowers, allowing them to draw capital across multiple assets as they scale their businesses. Similarly, uh, you know, when we work with management teams, we collaboratively develop a strategy for the capital and a target box and give them certainty of execution to spend more of their time finding investments than worrying about where the capital will come from once they find them. And really we're focused on growing with our partners and as a result have had numerous examples whereby we are on our second, third and fourth iterations of the initial structured real estate facilities. Okay, and then you, you mentioned some of the uh, counterparties you worked with a little bit at the top of the episode, but can you tell me about the counterparties you work with and how they find value in working with you through this uh, specific debt strategy uh, you work with on the real estate side? Sure. So, you know, I would say our counterparties sort of fall into two different buckets, one on the borrower side, one on the LP side. Um, but let's, let's talk about borrowers first. So, um, you know, we're always trying to put ourselves in our, the shoes of our counterparties, trying to understand what works for their business at the current and future state of growth. Um, um, but from a risk perspective, we isolate assets that I mentioned into a separate entity, the SPV, 
rather than take a blanket lien on the entire business. So in the unlikely underperformance scenario, the borrower's operating business stays intact and Crayhill will focus on recovering its investment through the assets in the SPV. From a growth perspective, and again, from the borrower's perspective, our facilities afford them both flexibility as well as scalability without the constraints of a traditional corporate-based loan. So we want to grow with our borrowers and make every effort to have our capital help them achieve those goals. Um, and so in addition to the items I just mentioned, we also take meaningful steps, interestingly, to deliver uh, performance insights back to our borrowers. We, um, we have a whole team built for in-house risk analytics, uh, which allows Crail to monitor our investments. But we also provide such analytics to our borrowers related to their assets that they might not otherwise have had. So as a result, our borrowers can nimbly pull various levers and adapt their strategy to optimize their asset base. So it's, it's really mutually beneficial. Um, you know, you can almost think of us as consultants with the balance sheet. Um, and so, as I mentioned, the other side of the house, so there's the borrowers and the LPs from an LPs perspective, because we're so focused on the discrete segregated asset portfolio, uh, LPs can more narrowly assess and understand the risks inherent in, in our investment structure and can strip out the noise associated with corporate uh, operating complexities. And again, we use the same risk analytic tools mentioned earlier to give LPs insight and understanding of our asset monitoring uh, and risk management processes. So last September, Crayhill closed its second asset-based private credit fund. How do you think credit funds are playing a larger role in the ABL market right now? And what is the process like of closing such a fund in today's environment? Or I guess last fall's environment? Yeah, we've been fortunate um, in that we've developed a level of credibility and, and trust with our limited partners. And we're finding that, that LPs are seeking differentiated exposures and can, can benefit from the portfolio characteristics that, that a strategy like ours provides them. And so, uh, although our focus is on providing financing solutions in relatively complex situations, our approach is one that is repeatable and based on the same foundational evaluation tools across subsectors and different asset classes. And this has really helped LPs in getting to know Cray Hill and appreciate exactly you know, what it is that we do. Great. And then what is your outlook for the overall private credit and debt market in 2022, um, both from Cray Hill's perspective and just from a market uh, perspective? We continue to focus on investing in, in both sub-segments and within structures that lean toward non-correlated opportunities. Um, and so while there is elevated volatility right now relative to the recent past, we think that this should provide us more opportunity uh, to make interesting investments and, and help both borrowers and our LPs uh, alike. And you know, really, we're just excited about what the future holds right now for Cray Hill, our borrowers, and our LPs. Great. Uh, well, Sloan, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. It's great. Thanks again to Sloan for joining the show. That will do it for this week. Thanks for listening to the ABF Journal podcast. We'll talk again soon.